0: on 98 FM and online this is Phoenix FM
1: Welcome to another edition of the Orient Hour here on Phoenix FM with myself, Chris Hood. I'm joined for my final episode by the great and the good of Leighton Orient, a cast of near thousands. Joining me in the studio tonight are Orient Chief Scout Steve Foster, Coach Errol McKellar, former Orienteer editor Jamie Stripe. The Guardian's Martin Bellum, who's currently having the Heimlich Maneuver performed on him, plus Orient fans Sam Monday and Darren Burrows. If you've got a question for the panel tonight or a comment about the week in E10, loads of ways to get in touch. It's the Orient Hour on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a follow and a like as well. And you can also email the studio direct, radio at phoenixfm.com don't forget you can also catch up with all our shows on the phoenix fm website www.phoenixfm.com and our show is also available on itunes and the android podcasting apps First, before we speak with our panel, let's look back on yesterday's match as the O's travelled to Wales to take on Wrexham in the FA Trophy second round. Uh, now both sides may have been glad of the change of scenery, having had difficult Christmases, each taking seven points from the last 18 available. The O's were looking to bounce back from an extremely disappointing showing at home to Salford City last time out, where they lost 3-0, going two down in the first eight minutes. Wrexham, meanwhile, were trying to pick up their first win of 2019. They lost all three matches this year, all without scoring a single goal, including a 2-0 defeat to Bromley on Tuesday night, the Red Dragons wasting their game in hand on Orient. Uh, But despite the uh, slightly slippery form for the O's, uh, they were still top of the National League, two points clear of Salford in second, and Wrexham themselves were still not out of it, two points further back in fourth. Looking at cup form, both sides had kept clean sheets in round one, Wrexham beating Boston United 3-0, while Orient overcame Beaconsfield Town 4-0 at Brisbane Road. That win had extended the Red Dragons' running cup competitions this season to five clean sheets in six trophy and FA Cup games, the hosts finally losing out to Newport County in an FA Cup second round replay. The victors of that, though, of course, going on to shock Leicester City last weekend. Orient, though, have less of a cup pedigree this season. They lost out 2 0 at Maidstone in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. Uh, The two sides went head-to-head at the race course on the 24th of November, Orient winning 2-0 thanks to late goals from Macaulay Bond and James Brophy. In fact, the Wrexham were yet to beat the O's since the E10 club dropped into National League last season and the overall record leading to the game saw Orient with 24 wins in 35 games. But what would happen in the last 32 of the trophy? Uh, Well, Orient are through to Round 3, that's after a 1-0 victory over Wrexham. Uh, After a rather uneventful first half in which James Alabi had the O's best chance on the the stroke of half time. James Brophy was brought down by Mark Carrington just past the hour and Matt Harold struck a cool winning penalty. That before Miles Judd's second yellow and late dismissal made the last 15 minutes interesting. But the O's held on and made it through to the last 16, the draw of which takes place around lunchtime on Monday, where the ties are scheduled to be played at the weekend of Saturday, the 2nd of February. In yesterday's other third round fixtures, wins for Telford, who knocked out Hartlepool, Maidstone United, Hemel Hempstead, Barnett, Brackley, Salford, Blythe Spartans, who eliminated Boreham Wood, AFC Fylde, Spenimore Town, who knocked out Sutton, Stockport County, Harrogate Town, Chesterfield and CarShulton Athletic, with Halifax, Solihull and Ramsbottom Weymouth going to replays. Before the next round though, the O's return to league action with a tie away at ninth place Ebsley on Saturday. Gary Hill's side are in form with 10 points taken from the last 12 available. After yesterday's
2: match, Dave Victor spoke with the boss, Justin Edinburgh. Listen, Justin, under your guidance, late night have always come back from defeat.
3: We spoke about that uh, before the game. You know, we were disappointed in the in the scoreline last week, um, and probably from the outside looking in, people were probably thinking that we made a lot of changes and, and we perhaps, you know, we're coming here with a weakened squad. But we were totally the opposite to that, and uh, come here with a real belief and. Um, a real good away performance and and an excellent victory.
2: And it was achieved, as you say, with a a squad that
3: showed the strength of that squad. Spoke about again that, um, you know, them boys have had to wait and we're only as good as them boys that come into the group and uh, take people's places. You know, they were were in force changes as well. You know, we had to leave one or two behind with knocks and and, and tight muscles, so we didn't want to risk it. But... um, you know, the, the boys that stepped in, Alex Lawless, you know, uh, Matty Harold. Um, you know, Jordan McGuire, Drew hasn't played a lot of football. Um, so, i really pleased with some real good performances, but none better than, for me, was the young Jaden Sweeney coming on at left back and looking assured and quite incredible But someone's only just turned 17.
2: Had an excellent game, but it was a forced change. How is Marvin Epiteta?
3: Uh We'll have to assess it. It looks like it could be ligament damage, um, but you know, the good thing is he's getting he's, he's getting weight through it, so he's, he's you know it's not as bad as we first thought. But you know, I think we'll be you know it'd be weeks. Um, that, that's the first assessment. Injuries are adding up now, yeah. aren't they? They are, and you know, I just spoke with Martin in there, Martin Ling, and you have not had real many over the duration of the season. And you know, when they come along, they've all come along at once. But that's what we've got the squad for. I thought George and Dan Happy again, two players that haven't had a lot of football. Were, were quite immense there and a colossus. The both from at the back there, you wouldn't have known that they haven't played much football this year. I they were both excellent.
2: And James Bofi was excellent in the move that led to the penalty kick.
3: Yeah, I keep saying to Bros, I think for me, on his days, the best winger in this league. And I think when he gets the penalty, that's what we need more of. You know, he's he sometimes, you know, is a little bit too unselfish, and I think he's got to be a bit more. Selfish and direct, and, and cause more problems because when he when he goes at people, the only thing they can do is, is bring him down. So it was a great great run, and um, Matty Harold pleased that he dispatched the penalty. Took it well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. You know, it's one of those you're, you're so used to McCauley stepping up and uh, dispatching them that you know Matt had every confidence in him, picked it up and was assured and, and dispatched it excellently.
2: Big afternoon for Miles Joubert. Were you disappointed with that second yellow?
3: Disappointed with Miles, you know. I think. Since I've been in charge, I would expect them performances from last year. A bit reckless, a bit, you know, uh, gun ho He's improved a hell of a lot. But today was, was a performance that he played for himself and that disappointed me. So, unfortunately, you know, we, we've lost him for a game. And, it, and he may have cost his team, but they held on for him.
2: You know what it's like with social media these days. You get the team sheet out and supporters ask questions. One of the questions a number were asking was Sam Sargent another
3: game that he didn't play. Um, I don't think it's nothing to respect for. I just feel Dean needs to play. I think Dean, um, as a goalkeeper, doesn't want to miss games. Um, he's been restricted with his training of late, so we need to keep playing him. And, you know, when you make so many changes, I think it would be a little bit more difficult for Sam as well to come into to a team where he's had, you know, near enough a new back four uh, and, and others around him. And I think with Dean's experience and presence, it it, it gives that assurance to to the back line and they're also asking about new signings well we always are and and we're trying I've always said Dave though that you know I'm mindful that whoever comes in has got to be better than what we've got and um, that's not easy when you're sitting top of the league just come to Wrexham and and won away in a trophy and gone through to the next round so we're working tirelessly we know we need reinforcements but they have to be the right ones one of the
2: most important signings was your own and you've extended your contract
3: yeah it was an easy decision um, you know, I've been delighted with my time here, uh, loving every minute. Um, I'm grateful to m- my backroom staff, the players, the fans. You know, there's been a one or two opportunities that I could have gone and spoke to other teams, but uh, it hasn't turned my head. I'm, I'm so happy here, and I'm, I'm loving my work, and just looking forward to the next couple of years and trying to continue what we started. 105 fans here. Quite remarkable, really. You know, they could have stayed at home, but they certainly didn't, and uh, we've sent them home happy again. Finally for me, the
2: FA Trophy, it means more games, doesn't it? It means that Barrow is now going to be a, yeah. a Tuesday night, And if you were to progress to the semi-final, it means two games, possibly just before either a playoffs or a promotion push.
3: I, I understand that, but we're equipped for that. We've got the squad to deal with that. And, you know, you can't be confused when you want to win football matches. It's got to be a mentality, which that group has got and um, fully deserved. And we look forward to the draw on Monday.
1: And that draw is taking place uh, at lunchtime tomorrow on another radio station that I'm not going to mention. Um, I'm joined in the studio tonight by Steve Foster, Errol McKellar, Jamie Stripe, Martin Bellum, Sam Monday, Darren Burrows. I've heard that the phone might go during the show, so I'm assuming it's like a Noel's house party sort of thing, uh, but without Noel Edmonds, obviously. Um, a win against a promotion rival and a round closer to Wembley. Um oh I'm going to start oh who am I going to start I'm going to start with Jamie you can't say fairer than that really mate can you a uh, very
4: good day at the office coming on the back of last week's result I think everyone's very happy with that um, I know some supporters don't really like trophy games but you know it's a trophy for us to win and compete and also it gives our our fringe players a chance to get some game time which is just as important because we're going through a period now that we're, we're losing our settled side a little bit the, the side that got us up to the, uh, the top of the league. You know, we had a bit of rough Christmas and uh, the people are dropping in and out and they're, having, you know, they're taking time getting back. So we need all our players getting game time and I'm, I'm really pleased with that result yesterday. And it's also boosted a little bit of uh, morale booster for the support after last week and I think we can hopefully get a good draw for the next round in advancing the competition.
1: And uh, Justin, the fans were looking for a response after the disappointment of, of, of last Saturday. Martin, do you think, do you think he got that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I have to say, you know, in terms of how important the FA
5: Trophy is, a friend of mine was running a David Bowie karaoke afternoon, and I went and did that instead. So just as the, the I got the, you know, there was four minutes extra time being added. I was uh, dragged on stage to sing the Laughing Gnome, um, but um, it was. Uh, I think it was a great performance. I think one of the problems was if you hadn't won that FA Trophy game, then you've lost two games on the bounce. I think some of the negativity mm-hmm. in the stands after the silford game would have really rumbled on. And so whilst I have seen some fans complaining about the extra fixtures, you just. Want to get straight back on and, and win a game and I think it's great again with those as you say the fringe players having to come in or people are stepping up from the bench getting game time and in you know to go to one of our promotion rivals and do them again at their ground I just think it was a, it was a, a great day for the O's a couple of worries you know judge suspension and obviously the, the injury situation less than ideal but you know I just don't think, just don't think you can complain about it there's 16 teams left in, in the competition 8 of them are in our division the other 8 are below
1: us I think we could go far in it Um, Darren, you were there yesterday Did did you see what Justin was talking about? Um, He was talking about a real belief in the side albeit one with a a number of changes
6: I I think the changes uh, did interrupt the flow a little bit to begin with in the first half I thought we were a little bit perhaps not as good as Wrexham I I think once they settled down the goal settled us we played very well after the goal and I, I personally didn't think that when Jodie got sent off. We would concede, and we didn't. That's not hindsight. I thought that at the time. I think that uh, those players were about the fringe players as well. They're now not going to be the fringe players. They're now going to be the players that are playing. So from a perspective of getting game time yesterday, I agree with Jamie. That was very important, and and we've got that in their legs now. So uh, it was it was a hard fought win. I thought Wrexham. We didn't get the decisions against Salford, uh, but we certainly got the decisions yesterday. I
1: mean, let's talk about the, the, those decisions yesterday. Because, um, well, first of all, the penalty—it wasn't. It, it's one of those that might have been given and, and might not have been given on another
6: day. I thought it was soft. Having seen it back and seen it on the day, I think Broves' fair play to be made the most of it. And players do do that, so I'm not going to criticise him for that because we see that throughout football now. I think they had a very good share for a penalty. <laughs> I, I think the keeper would have been pleased with that save. That. Uh, <laughs> Well, we, we were saying that,
1: Sam, in the, just before the show. Very good save by Charlie Lee. And it's something that's kind of got a little bit brushed over. But I definitely, well, I think a penalty. I, I don't think you could have given anything else than a penalty. But, see,
7: you won't see a
1: penalty. But somehow the ref, the ref missed it. Good. Yeah, we, we, like you said, we didn't get
7: the decisions against Salford. We got loads of decisions against us against Salford. A um, frustrating amount. Um, and it was a cracking save for Charlie Lee. Remember Stephen Hunt for Liverpool back in the day. Um, sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes against you. And Brophy's style of play, just going back to that, you know, he tried one against Salford, um, it didn't come off. And he's—I'm saying he tried it because that's—it's a, the a sort of style of modern football that I'm not keen on. we are all—we're not keen on. But the discussion in supporters' club: other teams do it. Why aren't we doing making the most of contact in the box? You know, his contact in the box are foul, not necessarily, but. Other teams benefit from it, why shouldn't we? And we did against Wrexham, it's got us into the next round. So, these things even out over the course of a season is the old cliche, so we'll take that and
1: we'll move on. Right, I'm, I've been told that the phone is ringing. The <laughs> phone is ringing. Let's see who is on. This is, no, this is just weird. That Please, right, the caller is on air. Please do not swear. Who's on the line? Uh, this is Kent Teague. It's Kent Teague is on the line calling from, where are you Kent at the moment?
8: in
7: uh, Dallas, Texas.
1: You're in Dallas, Texas. You're listening into the show, obviously, uh, this evening. Um, not that I'm not glad to have you on the line. What, what are you calling in for, Kent? What point do you want to put to the panel?
9: <laughs> well, Andy
8: asked me to call in. There's a vicious rumor that you're, uh, you're leaving the Orient Hour, and so I wanted to wish you all the best and let you know that once you're a member of the Leighton Orient family, you're always a member of the Leighton Orient family.
1: Uh, well, thank you very much, Ken. And uh, well, thank you for, for welcoming me into the Orient family when uh, when I interviewed you. What now two years ago, back at the beginning of uh, uh, back at the beginning of the takeover, and you know you were very open to, to all of us, and um and, and very always open to all our questions. And uh, thanks for coming in and always answering it and being very very open with, with what you say.
8: No problem. We wish you all the best. I'll let you get back to the show.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Kent Teague. All
8: right. Thanks a lot. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.
1: And that was uh, Kent Teague there calling. uh, I had one of those sort of moments that you have when you're... um it always seems to, to go wrong when you're uh, phoning over an, an international phone line. But uh, that, that seemed to go all right. That's Kent Teague is the first one ringing in. Um, as long as John Sitton doesn't <laughs> ring in later. Um, if you're listening, John, I do love you. But you, if the idea of you having live you live on the phone um is rather scary to me um so we we get back to the uh, uh, actually i I will just say kent thought i was blocking him he thought i was a uh, member of the production staff (laughs) um so i was joshing him but he he, he seemed to think he was just meeting a obstructive member of phoenix fm staff (laughs) which if i if i wasn't leaving to go anyway i might have been sacked after that but it doesn't matter um Justin called it a real good away performance uh, yesterday, uh, Darren, but the first half had a couple of people split. Um, On Ozone Day, Victor and Matt Hiscock uh, didn't think much of it, while while his father Paul thought it was a good
6: performance from the O's. I didn't think it was a bad performance, I thought it was, um, you could tell they were a little bit out of sorts, if I'm honest, they they weren't as good as they were the previous game I saw them. I also thought that it took us, as to I say, a while for our formation to settle down. I thought George was good. I thought throughout he took the right positions up. and I'm not as concerned as I perhaps was about him and Hatt being our centre-half pairing, which looks like that's going to be the case now. I felt that um, uh, Lawless had a good, good game in midfield. Charlie did give the ball away a lot to begin with. But no, I, I think overall... We have to be happy, as Jamie said, it's winning the trophy, we've through to the next round, we've beaten a, another promotion rival, and we've um, bounced back ability. We've gone back to a win, we've kept that Justin record going, so I'm happy. And uh, Errol, we, the truth is, as Darren says there, it's,
1: it's an excellent result and another bad one for, for Wrexham side, which is, is suffering at the moment.
9: Yeah, I think there's two things to take from that. Um, I agree with the panel, you know, the fact that um, the result was a positive one and the fringe players coming in. But also the fact that we kept a clean sheet as well. I thought that was very, very important because, you know, the week before, you know, maybe the expectations were a lot higher than actually what happened. So to bounce back like that, I thought was excellent. So credit to all the lads, you know, stepping in and doing a job. And,
1: uh, well, Steve, uh, we touched on last week with with Ross the psychological impact of of that sort of thing, and the the general consensus was that there wasn't much of an impact there. Uh, Do you agree, or does this put a a dent in Wrexham? Because as we said there, um, it's now historically Orient have won 25 in 36 ties between the two sides, and uh, they've yet to beat the O's since we slipped into non-league.
10: I don't think really the case that we've beaten them, I think they're going to be more concerned that they've lost four games on the bounce now. That's the biggest thing for them. I think for ourselves, getting back to winning ways after last week was paramount, I think. Uh, get that momentum going again. Uh, it just rubs out. It raises last week, then you know, and we move on. So uh, as I say, Wrexham will be doing the same. They, you know, they won't think about yesterday's game when we when we face them later on in the season.
1: Um, do you think it could even almost be an advantage for, for, for Wrexham? Because obviously um, they're not in the FA Trophy now and, and Salford, Solihull and, and ourselves are still in the competition. So they're the ones with, with potentially fewer games to play.
10: Yes, there is was, there was that to an extent. Um, personally, I'd like to see the FA Trophy be a Tuesday competition. I think if we just kept the league games, all this interruption to our Saturdays, uh, it, it didn't help us last season, I don't think. I just think if the, the, if they moved it to a Tuesday competition and kept the National League to Saturdays, I think that would, that would probably work better. Because um, disrupt, it just disrupts the season. So, like when other clubs, like there, were, there was no National League games at all yesterday, but, you know, Ebsleet didn't have a game. There's so many teams in our league didn't have a game. So...
1: And, uh, well, there, there was a lot of talk yesterday about the, the FA Trophy and about the, well, especially a, when you look at a, a game between Wrexham and, and Orient, it was just about 2,000 in the stadium. And it, the stadium was pretty, when you, when you look at the highlights, the stadium was pretty empty all round, all apart from one side, the main stand, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, they, they only opened up the, the two sides' uh, stands. They didn't open up, well, they, I don't think they can open up one of the behind the goal. Uh, for some health and safety reasons, I think. But anyway, they, yeah, it, it was always going to be like that, I'm afraid. And it was always going to be after the Lord Mayor's show. I, I like the games on Saturdays in the Cup. For me, it reminds me of, well, we're not still a football league club, but it makes me feel like we are. I, I'm not really an advocate of moving it to the to the Tuesday, whilst I understand the reasons and the rationale behind it. For me, getting out on a Saturday in the Cup, breaking up the the rigours of the league, is. is I like that. Well, I oh, Just to say about it as
7: well, it looks empty because it's a race course ground, which is a massive ground. If you other grounds in our division, or even, you know, even lower down, it, you know, most of them are empty anyway. It's just, it just happens to be probably the biggest ground in, in, in our league. That's why it looks so, so empty there. I understand there were, you know, there were 2,000 there, but other clubs, that's not too bad a...
10: Yeah. still bigger than boron Woods. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there's there's yeah there's fewer fewer attendances That, that well bo woods i mean say what you like they're still um are' still tackling in this division despite having i think it is the lowest attendance in the division on on average uh we're talking about the competition I- itself and um there was talk on ozone yesterday about a regionalization at this stage and perhaps a, a four way split i mean i what do you think to, to that, Martin? And also, I mean, with just what, what Steve said there about potentially making it a Tuesday night competition.
5: I think the, the Tuesday night would, would be appealing, um, actually. Regionalisation, I think, in the earlier rounds, yes. But I don't think at the later stages. I think at this point, you know, if we get drawn against Salford, we get drawn against Salford in a cup match. And you've got a high-profile cup match. I think the, the thing that still strikes me as very odd about the trophy is, is two-legged semi-finals. Don't, I don't really see them having a, you know, especially two legs. On Saturday afternoons in April, it just it just seems like a really weird bit of um, scheduling, and that would be the if I was going to if I had my magic wand to make one change to the competition, mm. that would be the exactly. change that I make. And I think possibly would also just automatically make it go straight to extra time or penalties after the first yeah. game. I know clubs can agree. Um, to not have the replay I thought it was interesting that we agreed in the first round to not have the replay but there would have been a replay on Tuesday night if it had been a draw well, I assume I'd... that means one or other of the clubs dug their heels in well the,
1: that, the information that I've read from one from one source or one um, news organisation was that um, Wrexham had actually asked for that root game to be decided on the day but Orient had turned down that decision which you can kind of see if, if that's true that um, Orient would have I mean, a, a game on a Tuesday to be played at home is not as bad as travelling to Wrexham on the, uh, this coming Tuesday to play a game. So it's possible that that's what happened and maybe Justin did want them tied down to extra games, maybe thought Orient squad could cope with it more mm. um, than, uh, than Wrexham's uh, the Wrexham squad. I mean, there was a few people talking about in, in the build-up to the game, they were saying about they want it to be out of the competition and, and the extra games it, it brings. And, and Justin actually, I mean, he spoke about that there, about not being able to pick and choose when you want to win, it being a mentality and, and a habit. But there is, it's not just Orient fans that are talking about this. There's a lot of people who are talking about when, if you're challenging at either end of the table, you know, if you're trying to escape from relegation or trying to get promotion, whether you actually want to still be playing in the FA Trophy, and that's no good for any competition.
4: I think it's just a general malaise about cup competition, domestic cup competitions in general, and it's kind of crept in over the last 20 years. But I always now, uh, one of the first things I remember coming touring is, is, is their cup runs, you know, and it galvanises a club. I mean, that for, that's first full season under Slade, when we got like, to the fifth round against Arsenal, that run galvanised the whole club. But you know possibly for the next two or three years. It gave Barry her new impetus to invest in the team. And I, I, I think we tend to do down cup competitions too much. I, I can never see the, the point of people in the Premier League who normally end up in the bottom mate fighting to stay in the Premier League where they're going to be cannon fodder, basically, and then pass on a, a chance to get to a cup, cup final and give their fans a massive shot. Not actually a day out, but yeah, sometimes, like Wigan proved, you can actually pull off and make a bit of history for yourself. Um, I, I, I'm I've not got a problem with the FA Trophy. I think it's a it's an okay competition. It, it, it breaks up as, as it, it breaks up the league season, and also again it, it's one of those things that you know probably um, Justin uses to try you know, yeah. to give players more game time. mean we haven't got a reserve competition as it stands, and it, it's it's a way of getting your players match fit for, for everyone down the line.
1: Right, the phone is going again. Let's see if we can be more successful the second time round as the phone rings and who is on air? Andy. Andy. <laughs> that, was, that was very bold when you said it. You just went,
8: uh, 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 Andy.
1: Yes, it's you. It's you, Andy Gilson. You are live on air, Andy. I'm live. I thought uh,
8: I, because I'm, I forgot I was listening to a delay, Chris.
1: You oh, you're listening oh, to. I, a, I'm the, still, the, still the,
8: listening to to Jamie rabbiting on. So. Oh,
1: you're still. Uh, uh, he would be very <laughs> kind to hear you. Apparently, he's just said Jamie because there's a delay. He was just listening to you rabbiting on, so he wasn't. He wasn't sure that he was live on air. So you are live on air, Mr. Gilson.
8: Thanks, Chris. Chris. So one thing I will say is. Jamie and, my, and uh, Sam's mic's a little bit echoey. So
1: yes, yes, I am well aware of that. Out. Thank uh, you, thank you. Right. Can you but keep, can you keep right. your I'm tips just off just air? Complain, actually. <laughs> yeah, you've run <laughs> up to complain. You're getting, your, you're off. You're uh, off.
8: Thank you. I just like to say, Chris. Uh, in all seriousness, um, I won't take up much of the show. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be involved with you on that show uh, since. I got involved uh, in October of, what, 2016 with you. You've been a delight to work with. Truly professional, apart from Show 40, you were truly professional. Um, And uh, a joy to be with, and you've become a very good friend to Kevin Dickinson, myself, and Barry Galvin, I know. And uh, we will miss you terribly. Um, The show will go on. We'll have new people in soon. Uh, The show will go on, uh, but we will miss you. You're a great actor follower, follow, very hard actor and We wish you, I think everybody uh, involved with Orient wishes you all the best. Uh, in your ventures new in norwich and uh, we'll keep in touch mate take care
1: well thank you very much and very kind and i hear that you are hosting the show next week is that is that oh, that the information that i hear
8: it's one off a one-off there yes a one-off i shall do it next week um we we have things in the pipeline i think i'm doing one and dave victor's doing one and then i think after that we should have people in place uh, ready to uh carry on with the show as 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 normal so uh we'll 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 uh cut that you know we'll find that one one out as we get there Chris really a few things to uh, sort out with people and uh, hopefully uh, we can reveal all next week. Uh,
1: well and, um, uh, I just want to say to everyone who's uh, who's listening at the moment if, if people don't know about they, they see Andy Gilson turn up once in every six weeks now to uh, do the show with We stopped him turning up every week. So did
8: my wife. (laughs) Yeah, so did your wife.
1: Are you not outside now, pouring at the window, trying to get in? Um,
8: Yeah, I'm that sad face pouring at the window. Okay, face at From
1: the inside, you know. Yeah. If people don't know the amount of work that Andy's done on this show, and these people sitting in the studio will know how Andy's threatened them and kidnapped their families so they could uh, make sure that they turn up here tonight, um, I want to uh, say thank you to, to all the work that, that Andy's done. And uh, it has been a pleasure, mate. And I look forward to the um, complaints on the uh, late Norian unofficial forum uh, when you take over the show next week
8: which would probably, probably overload the internet, I should think.
1: Uh, but, I'm, I'm yeah, very much... Of okay,
8: course, you've got a show to run, mate. Okay, okay. Right, okay. And, all right, okay. All right, thank yeah, you. Well, get on with it. You're being an amateur, okay? Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> Take See care, you mate. Then. You, See all you all. Be good. Bye-bye. Bye
1: um i'm apparently he just ended that for anyone in the studio by saying you've got a show to run get on with it you're being an amateur um so um and we, we cannot uh, it's going to be great next week because i can sit at home and i can criticize andy as much as i like yeah. and uh and we can go on about <laughs> all the stuff that andy's doing wrong and ringing up and saying this mic's echoey and that mic's So now you know why i don't pick up the um phone during the show um now, we were talking about the, um, well, we are talking about a lot of things, talking about the <laughs> FA Cup and then, you know, Andy phoned. Um, you've, looking at the defence yesterday, and um, it's a big, big loss. Uh, Marvin Ekpertita, who came off in, in what Justin said could be ligament damage, um, not as bad as first thought, but the first assessment is could be out for, for a matter of weeks, and, and that is just, Darren, a huge blow, especially with Josh
6: Coulson also out at the same time um, with a hamstring injury. It is a blow, but I'll go back to what I said a minute ago, and that's, I thought George and, and, and um, Dan Hap had a good game yesterday. And they are up against decent forwards. It, Wrexham had, had uh, I think they'd gone out and signed some players and they look pacey. I thought George took up excellent positions. Yeah, no, it's a blow, but we have to... Uh, move on from it. We have to accept it. Mm. Yeah, would I like to see another one coming? Yeah, if I'm honest, I would because we're now down to the bones. So I think I think we need that in the squad. And and Ek Pateta is a, is going to be missed. I think he's probably been one of the best centre half signings we've made in a long time. Um, but we'll look to this man next to me. To uh, do his job, which I'm sure he will, and uh, I pressure. expect a big money signing in the building soon. Oh, big money! So, I mean, big money. Oh
1: dear. Big money. Well, yeah. I do, do you work on those sort of budgets?
10: No, not really. No, but we've got a list ready. Um, obviously, throughout the season, I'm drawing up short lists and potential loans for key positions. Uh, and now's one of those times where I've got a list of about half a dozen uh, centre backs for loan or. Tra- uh, per- permanent per- put has,
1: has that been called upon already have they t- started discussing that or
10: no I've been tomorrow um, Martin's not, not answering his phone today so <laughs> 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 so it's one of those things uh, we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow as I said there is a list ready uh, like a short list ready of potential low knees and, and uh, we don't know the severity of Marvin's injury just yet so we'll have a clear idea tomorrow Um but you know, I think you've got to be safe now. You know, you've got rather than just relying on the two we've got in at the moment, who are both left footers as well. So we might need to bring in someone else. But obviously, that's down to the gaffer uh, to make that make that call. And uh, when he does, we we'll know we'll have a list of players ready to to put forward.
1: And and truth is though, Errol, as much as we love George and as, as as great as George played yesterday, he picked up the um, fans' player of the match on, on Twitter. Yeah. George isn't getting any younger, and he possibly is. He going to be able to play the volume of games to be playing week in, week out as centre back with with Dan.
9: I think you know what the 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 thing to take from this right is that you know we had this problem last season and we wasn't actually ready for it, and this time you know you know you roll the 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 clock on twelve months, and we've now presented with the same situation, but we're in a better position with the squad that we've got and. You know, Steve. Steve. Steve will sit down with Martin and have a look at. It all depends on the injury situation, right? As to the next move that we make, but you know, they will have had a. They will have already got a plan in place. Um, but to, to the uh, the question about George is, yeah, you know, his experience is very important. You know, and if you if you're going to play your fringe players, I mean, going back to what we're talking about with the cup games, I think it's a need. Right, because the players that we've got that are not playing regularly in league matches, you know, when we're in cup games when we can play them, these are the games when you can have a look at players and say, yes, okay, well, if we need him in a in a league game, then we can call him on. Well, so,
1: is there an argument then, and, and that some people have put forward that maybe Marvin shouldn't have played yesterday in, in that case, and. Uh, I mean, it's very easy for us to say now after the fact that he's that he's got injured.
9: I I think I think you've got to respect the uh, the uh, Gaffer's wishes on that. You know, he, he's not going to weaken the side by not putting a player in just for the sake of it. He will play what he considers to be his best eleven. That's what he will start with I mean, on the day.
10: I mean, touching on from that, I mean, as I mentioned before, George and George and Dan are both left footers, so mm. maybe the Gaffer wanted that balance. As well with Marv being a right-footer, so you look at it from that area. And mm. Marv's had no injury problems until now, you know. So mm. it's just, it's just, uh, it happens. Yeah, P- players it's get funny.
6: injured. Yeah, players get, get injured in training
10: At the end of the day, we've gone all the way to Wrexham you know. has been an overnight, us a long journey. You know, you got to go there to win the game. Mm. So you pick your best team. You pick the team that the gaffer thinks he will win the game. You know, we've won mm. the game. You know, we've got another, you know, we're in, we're in the hat for the draw. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, it's, that's that building momentum, it's that winning mentality, yeah. breeding, not just for the first 11, but throughout the whole squad. Mm. So.
1: Uh, and one of the, I mean, to talk about, you don't want to talk about benefits from injury, but one of the things is Jaden Sweeney got another run. That's two games he's played now, two clean sheets, and the 17 year old picked up particular praise from, from the gaffer.
6: I was very impressed with that young man. I thought he had a very assured performance. I think it definitely helped having George alongside him, who was probably talking him through a lot of it, and rightly so. Mm. No, I, I, I like what I saw there. I thought that was a, a real bonus from yesterday. And
1: uh, on the other wing, though, and uh, Sam, you wanted to pick up a particularly on, on, on Juddy, and I, I think it was you saying that about how hard Justin seemed to to go in on, on, on Juddy after the game. Um, It did seem a bit
7: strange, because... What he brings, and uh, you know what we, I think we've been missing since he's been out, is that that bit of aggression. I like that bit of, of chubby. You know, if he if he tackles a player hard, and they're lying on the floor, he won't go over and pat him on the back and say, All right up you get. He's he's back into his position. Let's go again. I like that. I really do like that. The trouble is, from the highlights that I've seen uh, of yesterday, I don't think he didn't suffer any favours about first yellow. Um, so the ref had to call him back three or four times in order to uh, in order to give him, give him the card. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on beyond behind the scenes there, but um, you know, ask my fans. We're having you know back as soon as he's ready. Um, that element of aggression down that side, I think we've been missing. I um, just with respect to thing, I just think Jelly is the, is the preferred choice there for a reason.
1: Uh, but I mean, looking at yesterday, and uh, people have been saying, you know, the, the way that Juddy plays, you are you are going to risk uh, red cards. But, but, but he was a little bit bull in the china shop yesterday, wasn't he? And and, and that I second mean. that second challenge, I think was.
7: Uh,
1: I mean, it, the first one I don't think was as bad. It was just a, a missed no, and. You that the second one? Yeah, it was a bit of a dark
7: tackle because the was going nowhere. It just came from the mm-hmm. back of it. Thing is, though, going on to what people have just been saying. No one's wise up to the event than a football fan. You know, um. If Justin <laughs> changes the team completely, plays the kids, and we get Tom 4-0, that's a terrible idea, that's two on the bounce now, how we're supposed to move forward in the event, we win it, and then it's like, right, oh God, the game going against Barrow's damage for a Tuesday night, that's going to be harder. Why not play Marvin to bed him in a new defense, mm. get him used to playing like that, and to increase his confidence after the Salford game? You know, you can't do right for doing wrong for some people, way sometimes. Mm-hmm. it's
5: not just online as well actually at the um, Dagnum home game someone behind me I've, I don't think I've ever heard anything like this in a ground before was basically saying in a way it would be good if we lost this game because it would stop the position of being top of the table hiding and covering up our poor performances mm-hmm. and I just thought <laughs> if you come to a match on a Saturday afternoon or whatever and you're hoping your team's going to lose because it's like you know you'd rather we weren't top of the table so it would prove you right that everything is terrible yeah. I was like oh what are you doing with your Saturday afternoons mate it was incredible yeah. I ended up moving seats they were such negative Nancys
9: to, just to add to that I mean, I've watched Juddy through the youth programme and uh, what you get from Juddies are, you know, it will always play 110% because that's the way he plays. And I think, you know, in defence of the gaffer, right, remember, you know, the gaffer is a defender. He's played, you know, and not many people got past him. So he, you know, what he's saying to Juddies: is, look, you know, think about what you're doing when you're doing it because we need you on the pitch. You know, if you're going to make tackles, that's going to get you sent off. Then you're not, you know. It's all about learning, and he's still, he's still a young man. He's still learning his trade, you know. And the good thing also to come out of that is young Jaden Sweeney, you know, for for us from a youth level, it just part of the production line of of the quality of youngsters that we have got in the club. And um, I mean, we're all
1: we just to go back the last three years of of me presenting this show. We've always been going on about the the youth, yeah. Uh, and and it just goes to show that. He's a guy that possibly there's not been as much attention on as, as, as some of the others like like Hector and, and, and people like that. But he, he's a guy that's got his opportunity, especially, yeah. as I said, with Shadrach uh, and the problem with his international clearance. And he's a guy who's come on and is impressed in both games he's played.
9: I think you got to, there's a lot of people you got to thank for that. You know, the youth academy set up in the club itself, you know, p- people like Steve and, and Martin Ling. And more importantly, the gaffer, because, you know, remember, he's got to trust this player to go in and and do a job. And, you know, the young man, right, there's a, a great future in front of him and he's still young and he's still learning. So to have all those positive things around you, to go, you know, to go out there and play and have somebody like George alongside him, these kind of games really help in the development of what we're trying to do at the club.
1: And looking at that defence, Jamie, we were talking, to, Steve's talking about the list is there that I think Orient have got to go in into the market. Do you go permanent or do you go loan?
7: What's
4: interesting, I mean, looking at, at this stage, you can do a bit of both of it because Orient normally go for longer term signings about this time of year. I'm sure, looking at the squad, there's a lot of guys coming out of contract in the summer and a lot of the other guys who are, you know, 30, 29, that kind of age range. So it might be the time, just. When we make a signing now, you might get an odd line sign to cover Marvin's injury, but you're also looking a little bit further down the line for the next 18 months to two years. So, you're kind of looking to bring players in, maybe if you can get them, that are going to probably play a big part in next season as, as we're going along. So, it's difficult to say, I, I would we get a, a centre-half, possibly? I think we might need one, only because George's fitness, that's, that's, my, that's my only worry. I've played George and Dan from the start yesterday. I'd give Marvin the rest because we were down to one front line centre half. But in saying that, you know, Marvin could have picked up that injury in training anywhere, so it, it, it could happen any time. I'm I'm quite happy to go with um, Dan and George as long as it takes. I, I think we can trust them. But
1: uh, you can tell. If we have to make a sign in here, yeah, make one. I mean, Darren, it has to be it because you, you you've not got the, you've got the luxury of time, but not got the luxury of time. You've got you, it's had the perfect. If, if you're going to have this spate of injuries that Orient are having, you might as well have it during the football league transfer window. Yes. Seems like a seems like a perfect time to, to have it. But equally, you're you're left with you, you, you want time to pick the right player. But now you've got almost George and Dan are almost on a time limit and you think, when will, when will George not be able to play the next game? So you've got to make a decision sharpish, but you don't want to make the wrong decision. I mean, I, I just put down a name and Mark Ellis came in and he came in for a situation and, and it didn't work for him. But he, he was a guy who was brought in to plug a gap in, in terms of a loan and you don't want that sort of thing happening again.
6: Well, your first point about it being a good time, yeah, I think that's a good point. We've got 15 days, haven't we? Um, We've got games coming up thick and fast, but we've got to get somebody in. And we've got to trust that the club have got the right people in in, in place and the right infrastructure and the the right uh, contacts. And I think think we'll we'll, we'll get a body. I do. I'm confident Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) going to happen. I know it's a tough window. I think this is the toughest of the lot. Picking up on the point of personally, I'm always a favour of permanent signings because they can get recalled, can't they, if they're... uh, So I personally would prefer to see a permanent, but it needs must as the devil drives, and we need a body, and we need somebody, ideally, unfortunately, with quite a bit of experience. I actually think, George, we've got to get 20 games out of George now, haven't we? And that's me Mm. being confident that we're going to the final with a trophy, saying that. (laughs) So we've got to get 20 games out of Guy. Um, And I don't believe in luck, but I think we do need a little bit of luck, perhaps, with keeping Mm. him injury-free. And and wisdom can play there as well. So if we're a couple of goals mm. up in a game, and we can make a transfer, a transfer, take make a tactical switch, and perhaps put wisdom as a centre half, widowsen, widowsen, sorry mm. Widowsome. and put Widowsome there in favour of of George, and drag George off with twenty minutes to go because we're hopefully two or three nil goals up. So I think we've got more options defensively than perhaps mm. we realise. And uh, one of the guys
1: who really attracted a lot of attention yesterday, and we haven't mentioned him yet, is Jordan Maguire Drew. And he did very well
6: yesterday, from what I hear. Well, Joel McGuire drew um, did, I thought, had a, had a good first half. And Brophy didn't have a good first half. And it was the opposite in the second half. Brophy had a good mm. second half, and he faded a little bit. But he hadn't played a lot of football, I understand. Um, picking up on Martin's point about player fans moaning, one thing I found really amusing was a guy sitting to my left saying, uh, shouting out every time he made a mistake, Well, we've got you for two and a half years. We'll give the guy a break um, <laughs> we haven't seen him for an hour yet yeah. and this you've travelled all the way to Wrexham yeah. <laughs> and I found that really uh, bemusing no he, he had a, he had a good first half but as I say faded and um, well we're talking about James Brophy um
1: there as well he was mentioned and, and Justin's another guy um, another guy that Justin singled out for praise but um, he, he said there that um, on his day Bros is the best uh, winger in Definitely. the league would you um, agree with that I've just seen Barry Galvin's face at the window no one, no one's letting you in Galvin no no one's letting you in oh he's got something oh he might have booze let Galvin in he might have booze let
7: him
9: in let him in, let him in. Let
1: him in. someone let him in he might have booze um You're talking about James Brophy there being um, the best winger in the league on his day, but Justin was talking about him, he needs to take people on more and needs to be more selfish.
9: I think, think, you know, what you have to look at with Brophy is that you wouldn't want to be having somebody like him running at you as a defender because the minute you touch him, it's going to be a problem. So he is a threat and and what the gaffer is saying is right really. You what you want is he needs to advance that more. He needs to be running at people and let them commit. You know, I mean, we see it happening all the time at higher levels at like premierships and so forth. And you know, out, without doubt, he is right, he is the best wide player in this league. Mm. You know, on his day, right, he's unstoppable and he's unplayable, right, on his day. And if we get more of that, and we have to get more penalties from it, so be it.
1: And Perry uh, Galvin is in the studio. <laughs> I, I thought you made a gesture. I thought you brought a guitar in as well. No. I was worried about you brought a guitar. It
0: wasn't Andy pouring at the window. It was me, Chris. I heard uh, that On the way in, mate. Okay, yeah. all right. I've been sent. I've been sent by on behalf of of the Orient Hour. Of yeah, the yeah, Orient Hour guests, etc. to present you with a little cake and a card. Oh,
1: that's lovely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so, very much.
0: F- football cake, yeah, it's, thing, football right? cake yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only off a football, but it's <laughs> like football right um, Thank you very much It's and, only half um, a football I That's how you spell Chris isn't it Yeah yeah yeah, yeah That's how you spell Chris
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 I can tell why they've made you <laughs> <through> The <laughs> Chief PA mate it's Just, oh. just
0: want to say Chris That on behalf of all the Orient fans The Orient Hour Definitely won't be the same about you mate It will be might be better. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It won't be the same. Now, how are Gold? How Senate? many
9: bleeps is it going to be next week? That's <laughs> the worst. Um, well, let's stand to Andy, just yeah. yeah. whether we can control yeah. his yeah. guests. Because he on. was last seen yeah. yesterday morning waving to me on the M1. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Or
0: both ends? Or
9: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> only the bit that we can talk about, you know. Because we were we we were on the way to MK Don's for a youth game, yeah. And all of a sudden, I saw this person like, and I thought. Yeah, that's is, he, is he, yeah, he alright? <laughs> no, and then no, he sort of. No, nah, and then I realised, I thought, oh, I actually know who he is. Uh, you yeah.
0: know? He did want to admit to anyone, he knew what it was. But well, yeah, I had a bus full of kids, it. so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chris, on behalf of everyone, mate, you know, um, yes, I am an interloper, obviously, but I thought we'd come down and give you a cake and a card. It's only me it signed here but I'll sign it on behalf of everybody who knows you. <laughs> okay, right, <laughs> right, brilliant. Thank you <laughs> very much, mate. Got Patrick Moore and Magnus Pike to sign it as well. Yeah, well, if people
1: don't know the Pat. Right so andy gilson um said can you play at the end of this show um the start of episode 40 and um i have got it on the system ready to add to the podcast um to tell you the story it, i actually read it it's quite dark looking back on it because it was our summation of the game against colchester at home uh, the last home game of the season so um Ooh. we were going on about how weird that game was and how someone also threw a punch at Andy Gilson <laughs> during the <Yes>. afternoon. <laughs> that was the yeah. highlight. That was, that was yeah, the highlight. Yeah. Um, so, so, but so, unfortunately, yeah. just before we we're about to go live, um, I said that the um, theme "Tijuana Taxi" and the xylophone bit was reminding me a little bit of Patrick Moore, um, who some of the younger peoples in the audience might not know apart from Games so. Master. Maybe if you grew up in the nineties and then magnus pike was mentioned the eminent scientist and how he waves his hands around and just as i throw the mics up just to do my introduction andy makes a childish me, school a jo- you made sleep a sleep, yeah. you made you made a joke schoolboy joke you made a joke about um uranus and <laughs> <you>? um, yeah. <laughs> the planet the planet careful we are online <laughs> the planet and unfortunately we lost it and you lost
0: it chris we were very professional no (laughs) i've listened back
1: were you were i could only see your shoulders shaking over the top of the i did
0: not want to laugh and put you off obviously
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you'll be able to hear that at the end of the show how you were um putting me putting me off (laughs) this
9: show used to be good can i just add though on that day i was standing next to mr gilson right and the body swerve that he chose to move to avoid the punch, right, was absolutely <laughs> yeah. immense. Skill, it? yeah. yeah. Well, you you I were t- talking yeah. about James and Larby. You, who were you comparing James and Larby with earlier on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I won't call the, the boxer's name, so... Yeah, we'll move on but, to but
1: the and, next but Andy was Andy was doing it like a boxer was he
9: Andy was class Andy he was, was class, Andy yeah. was swerving it like yeah,
1: that. yeah we got another comment coming in from Howard Gould and it's uh, great to get your comment Howard but I feel it's a little bit backhanded um, best wishes to Chris Ed on his final warrant hour his presentation improved weekly We <laughs> are I can't help but feel it sounds a bit like a school report Howard really it <laughs> got better weekly and then it went off the edge of a cliff at the end of the actually I, I got a nice comment come in as well from from um, from Pandemonium um, fanzine, we all know who that is, Matt Roper, and he, he said, "Read this out. Nobody will think you're big-headed." And um, <laughs> I, oh yes, no no question. But come on, Chris, read it out. No one think it's big-headed. Well done to Chris Hood for his work anchoring the program, and good luck in the future. Playing praying his replacement is of good stock, um, and uh, knowing a little bit of the insider information of who might be replacing him, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Um, no, but Andy Gelson, Andy Gelson, he's a, he, might not be a good, he might be a good presenter, but I'm not so sure of good stock. No, you're <laughs> going to be very, very impressed, and I'm going to still be listening. Um, I did say um, I'll be listening, and I might pop down for a promotion party, but unfortunately, I'm joined actually in the studio by one of the biggest Jonas in in no, late that's or that's in that's history, um, but I feel that I might have already uh, I might have already had a Jonah moment. So, do you want to hand uh, hand the the Jonah mantle on to me? If we, oh, you're more than welcome to take it off. My hands. <laughs>
4: after after last year's trophy game when we threw away three goal lead against game said there were people waiting outside to punch me. <laughs> yeah,
5: I've I've actually banned my dad from seeing us from the rest of the season. So I took him to I took him to the Dagnum game on Boxing Day because he grew up in Dagnum and his dad took him to football at, at Dagenham Redbridge's ground he was saying like I first went here 70 years ago obviously we lost he came to the Sutton game we lost he's been to two matches this season we've lost both and I told him he's not coming again that's it end oh, of the wow. season for my dad well
1: I, I thought I, I went um, obviously the, the terrible run that the Orient were in because we started the show in the in the worst possible season that we could have started the show actually and we were uh, someone actually asked me I think it was Keith Underwood asked me what my highlights um of doing the show were over the last few years and then and the, the lows um as well and uh, i put down as my low i was trying to stay positive about the o's while watching all crumble around us um because it was a, a lot of people didn't know we we signed a memorandum of understanding with the club when we set up the show so i was very very aware that we keep it light and happy, we keep it light and happy and we're getting statements come out every week and we're going, well, don't criticise too much, we keep it balanced, keep it balanced and um, it was just, you are sitting there going, you you just wanted to say terrible things and the mics come down, we've done this positive show and the mics have come down and then we go, yeah, that won't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> thing, we're apolog- and, and since then, for the last two years, some people have still called us apologists for the regime, <laughs> uh, like we're some sort of um, propaganda station. Um, but actually, that refers to, um, in terms of um, the show, that if you liked the show and help you, go get professional help if you enjoyed this show, um, the show that actually we did off air and the things that we talked about off air from people at the club and stuff like that that you just you can't know you could never know in a million years the show off air is a hundred times better than the show that ever got demonstrated um on air and no better than and i love john i love johnson um i put it down as a high but it's also a low the sheer fear of sitting in with John sitting in a studio, worried on what earth he would say live on the radio, and then afterwards for an hour we got the John's philosophy on on football, which was fascinating. <laughs> but at the same time, I felt I feared that I couldn't disagree with a word that he was saying, <laughs> for fear that he, he he would just launch me through the window or something. <laughs> so um, there's been highs, there's been lows, but um, I, I want to thank everyone for uh, around the club for actually letting us. Uh, into their world and we had the strange situation uh, as well during the first season where we couldn't believe it Danny Webb um, went out the studio one week as um, assistant manager and uh, the next week he was promoted to manager and then Oma came in the studio one week (laughs) as assistant and then the next week we did think it was you know it was the the curse, the black spot to come, to come, well it was a curse getting the top job, that's it. We wondered if we'd sat around for long enough we might have ended up uh, running the club uh, running the club uh, at some point. Um, just wanted to touch on um, some sad news though and um, Darren I know you wanted to, to touch on this. Um, original Starman vote
6: collector um, Sid Barrett um, has, has passed away. Yes, um, very sad to hear that news. Um, I knew Sid from the Royal Calf, I knew him from the trains and the Sporters' Club. Um, he, he was a lovely man. He really was. Um, he he goes back to the Clapton Orient days and he followed home and away. I'd see him on a train well into his 80s and taking the trouble to go and follow the O's home and away I thought was fantastic. So, yeah, RIP Sid Barrett. And that, uh, uh, just to say, that is what the O's is all about, isn't it? Absolutely for me. People like Sid are the heartbeat of a club like Leighton right? yeah. and, and it, it, it
9: The proper support. It, yeah,
6: he really was. A, and a nice man. He always had his cardigan and his tie on. He was that old school that mm. still wore a tie. It reminded me of my granddad and my uncles when I was a kid. And I had a lot of respect for him. A lot of, lot of time for him. And he always had time for everybody. He always had a chat with us in the cafe. Yeah, really really nice, really nice man.
1: And I wanted to, to read out a quote. I don't know if anyone read it from the, um, from the Captain Joby McAnuff in the East London Advertiser uh, with George Sessions. And uh, he said after the Salford game, my message to the fans is to stay with us, and they have to be fair. They've been great. They applauded us off at the end um, of the Salford game. And I don't know if I would have done the same. So they've been really good in keeping us going. It's important and we need them to spur us on, but we need to spur them on too, and we will do it together. Everyone at the club is moving in the right direction. The fans, ball, players and coaches. So everyone is on the same page and wants the club to do well. We appreciate that and I would just ask the fans to stick with us. And bear in mind it is a long old season. There will be more twists and turns and as long as we are on the right side of it come the end of the season uh, we will all be happy. And I just want to leave you uh, with that on the last show of my run Andy Gilson will be here next week in the hot seat um, for the Orion Hour just time to thank my panel for tonight Steve Foster Errol McKellen Martin Bellum Jamie Stripe Sam Monday Darren Burroughs, to Andy Gilson Paul Golder Elliot Burns Steve Roach for making the show possible to Kent ringing in all the way from Texas uh, to all of you out there for listening in wherever you are and making such a great uh, Sunday evening staple for myself uh, for the final time that's me uh, over and out and don't Get as i say to catch the orient hour next sunday from 6 p.m when andy gilson will be sitting uh, in the hot seat Uh, get those complaints in now (laughs) and as promised here's what happens when it all goes a little bit wrong here's the start of episode 40 Hello and welcome to another edition of the Orion now. <laughs> We've been talking. To- oh, God. Um, hello and welcome to another edition. Live corpse. Welcome to another edition of the Orion now here on Phoenix FM with myself, Chris Hood. It's a show all about the guys and gals of it. I can't look at you people. It's all about the guys and gals of E10, features latest news, views, and special guest interviews. Tonight we celebrate show 40, and I'm joined in the studio. <laughs> by andy gilson and barry galvin as we discuss an eventful saturday and the rest of the week um Apologies for all you've shown her Duffy fans out there. She unfortunately couldn't make it today, hopefully be appearing on a future show. But we want to hear from you tonight. Loads of ways to get in touch. It's the Orient Hour on Twitter and Facebook. Give us a follow, give us a like. You can email the studio direct to radio at phoenixfm.com and you also text us, text 07520 6171 07520 617181. Starting your message with the word Phoenix in caps. It's not a premium service, <laughs> and you're only charged normal. So surprised charge for the text. So get involved. I can't tell you what we're laughing about. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, anyway, it's probably a little bit more cheerful than what I'm about to go into. Let's dive right into yesterday's game. Orient played host to Colchester in the league, the O's final home game in the football league for at least a year. The O's had won only four home league games also. So there you have it, the start of episode 40, and a little bit of a poke in the eye for all those people who called me uh, a professional presenter. Well, it's come to the end of my time with uh, the Orient Hour, and just for a close, I just want to send a message out to each and every one of you um, who has listened to me on the show over the past, what now, two and a half to three years, Um, I hope that I, together with the team, have given you a show that you, the fans, could be proud of over our now 105 episodes. Um, I've paid credit to my mate. Andy Gilson about all that he's done for this great show. I'd also like to thank uh, Phoenix chairman Paul Golder for giving me the opportunity, which I just had to leap at as soon as uh, the word of an Orient show was coming up. Uh, Paul, uh, Steve Roach at Phoenix and Steve Dixon at Lake Norrin all got the show off the ground in the first place. And, uh, I have to give them tremendous credit. It has been a brilliant ride. It has been a fun ride. Lows at times, but so many highs uh, as well. Uh, Thank you to all at the club for supporting us all the way, um, including uh, the current man in the media uh, role at Leighton Orient, Elliot Byrne. Uh, Our great guests as well. Too many to name and so many more that we wanted to have on uh, over the years. But of course, the biggest thanks goes to all of you for supporting us. Uh, You make the show what it is, thank you um, for for giving me the honour of being a mouthpiece um, for Leighton Orient um, over the last couple of years and it has been absolutely brilliant, all the words uh, that you have sent, all the kind words um, has been really really touching, I am really going to miss it, I've put my heart and soul into the show, Um, the written pieces I've done, the social media as well so it is going to be a massive wrench and a terrible hole in my life. I feel that um, is going to take a little bit of a time to fill. But it's onwards and upwards. Um, exciting things uh, for me as I start uh, my new life with my partner um, up in Norwich um, and a new start for the Orient Hour. Uh, currently looking to the future and its replacement and my replacement, um, who I wish all the very best. Um, I encourage all our listeners to get behind the show as it moves on to a new phase and take it through to that new phase. Uh, I'll be watching from afar, always back in the club uh, and, uh, and a fan base now forever in my heart. Um, love all you guys. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll all be celebrating come the end of the season. Up the O's. But for now, from me, Chris Hood, it's over and out.